Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. For all things, for all things KC, KC, for everything Chiefs, it's always game, it's always game day in Kansas City. Now, here's your host, Kayla Kinnearum and Cody Tapp. Hey there, everybody, and welcome to It's Always Game Day in Kansas City on this Red Friday. I am your host, Kayla Kinnearum. Joining me, as always, is my co-host, Cody Tapp, and our producer, Nick Schwert. Guys, this is our last episode in 2022. Wow. I guess I hadn't thought about it like that. And I guess it'd feel different maybe if we did it the whole year, but the final what That's quarter true. of the year we've been together <laughs> as a podcast and I've decided to spend at least one more episode before the new year with you guys. Although I'm not going into my regular job with Nick. I've just been skipping that. I'm only showing up for this right now. <laughs> I feel so, so honored. Only cheese takes are available on this podcast for the time. Ooh. You're here first. Even getting 50% of you, Cody, feels like a blessing. (laughs) What a way to send us into the new year. It's my Christmas gift to you. It really is. (laughs) Nick, did you get a haircut? No, I'm just not wearing a hat. You know, I'm wearing a hat. Oh, I would say about 70% of the time. So this just happens to be one of the days. Maybe it's maybe it's a new year thing. I'm like new year, new me, 2023 hatless Nick. Also, I got a haircut. It's funny that you asked if Nick did it because <laughs> I did like today got a haircut. Uh, maybe it's just because I haven't seen Nick in a few weeks. Yeah, Actually, we yeah, saw him on Wednesday, but. But I was wearing a hat. So, you know. Also. I often thought. <laughs> Sorry, Cody. That's okay. Hey, hey um, looks great, by the way, Cody. It Thanks. looks Thanks, wonderful. Man. Yes. Um, Nick, I know we've talked about who you look like before, but just to reiterate. This time, not Justin Timberlake, but I saw a picture of 
Lincoln Riley at the Rams game. And I was like, it's crazy. Oh, yeah. yeah. The, the Lincoln Riley Nick one. He can't escape that. That is an actual doppelganger. Yeah. And what's weird is like normally when people tell you you look like somebody else, you're always like, no, nah, I don't see it. But when people tell me I look like Lincoln Riley, I don't like what, what are you going to say? <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a dead match. Like if you guys were sitting next to each other at a function, you'd be like, well, they're like brothers or cousins. They're definitely always, related. I always wanted to meet him. Like I've always wanted to just like go to some sort of function when he was at Oklahoma. I missed my opportunity because I wanted to see like if I just walked in front of him, if he would look at me and his eyes would light up and say, whoa, do a double take. It's me. Not related. <laughs> <laughs> like looking in a mirror. Yeah. Have you done but any genealogy? Where's his family history, Nick? Is he also um, of German descent? I haven't looked into it. <laughs> Riley sounds a little Irish to me. Yeah, yeah, it does. Cody, I'll figure out who you look like in 2023. Yeah, well, I mean, there's a couple of choices. None of them have been good at this point, so I hope you find a good one. Okay, that'll be my homework. All right, let's talk Chiefs football, shall we? Guys, is it time to reevaluate Orlando Brown Jr.'s future in Kansas City? As we know, after a rough start to the season, he's quietly been one of the highest graded pass blockers at this position over the last month and a half. He is a free agent after the season. What do you think the Chiefs will do with him in the offseason? It it took a little bit longer than last year because really it's weeks 11 or 10 to now that he's been good. And last year is like week eight or nine. He started to get good. So we've got a couple week head start. Um, it's obviously going to impact their decision because the way that he played at the end of last year is why they offered him the contract. Maybe they always thought they were going to offer it to him. But then when he played really well down the stretch, played really well in the postseason, it made it easy for them to offer him a big pile of money. But if he somehow thinks that this good play has then catapulted him into a different monetary standpoint with the Chiefs, no way. You can't fall for the trap twice. If every single year is going to be inconsistent first half play, really good to dominant second half play, unless you get a ring and then you just feel like you want to pay the ring tax, to get Orlando Brown to stay and be here to be the left tackle under Patrick Mahomes for a long stretch, then you let him walk. It's easy to get the ring and you get to move on to the next thing. I obviously think it's going to tempt the Chiefs to at least re-offer essentially the same thing they did last year. Maybe there's an, you know a slightly more in guaranteed money or whatever, but the numbers will be vaguely similar to where they were before. I think it'll impact it a little bit. It's frustrating. He always has a bad half, but I don't care. He's going to play good going into the postseason, and I'm going to stop complaining about Orlando Brown. So I, I read an interesting theory on Arrowhead Pride earlier this week that when, when, when it gets good, Orlando Brown Jr. plays better in the second half of the season because he plays better when it's cold, <laughs> which I, didn't, I don't know enough about pass huh. to know how that exactly works, but I guess the general theory is that when it gets really, really cold out, speed is less of a factor. Teams tend to run the ball more. All of these things would lend themselves towards a guy who that has been the biggest knock on him is like he doesn't have this great footwork like Trent Williams or Laramie Tunsil have where they look like almost, you know, ballerinas out there with the way that they can sort of move around and manipulate their bodies to, to always be in the right spot to, to, I don't know if any of that's any true. What I do know is that Playoff games are typically played in January and it's usually yeah. pretty cold out there. His reality is that if he plays well in the postseason, the Chiefs will have a much more difficult decision to make. I don't think that means that if he plays four good games where Patrick Mahomes isn't being touched and we're not talking about the offensive line, that they're automatically going to give him 20, 
$4 million annually or whatever he wants. But we talk about it with every other player that your legacy is made in the postseason, that we only care what you do in the postseason. Problem is, is that we have four months to talk about stuff. And in those four months, if you play poorly, we're going to look at you and say, I don't know if you're exactly getting the job done here, but we all know, right? If the offensive line plays stellar and the Chiefs win a Super Bowl and Mahomes goes untouched for four games or for three games, we're not going to be upset if the Chiefs give him a pile of money in the offseason, right? If they win the Super Bowl, you almost can't do any wrong, if that makes sense. Because then the Orlando Brown trade worked. You traded for a left tackle to protect your quarterback, and you won a Super Bowl inside that time. First round picks be damned. The less need model, right? Who cares? You won the Super Bowl. Then, in my opinion, even the moves that we didn't love were in their own way. I know this sounds stupid, but they were right. Because they all led towards this thing that built up towards exactly what you needed out of the position. The one thing that I feel like could be interesting to follow in this is how they decide they want to spend their money, because that's going to come into play here as well, because they they have money invested in Tooney. Now, they could walk on him, right? They don't have to pay him forever, but they have good money invested in Tooney. They in two years will have to pay Creed Humphrey. They. You know, are they going to pay a right tackle? They're just going to keep doing that here or there. You know, like, so they do have other positions at offensive line that are going to require some finances. Or if they pay a guy like Juju Smith Schuster a long term contract. But I, to me, it's like, I, if I were the Chiefs, I'd be in the same position. Hey, man, you're pretty good. You're better than about mm, 20 of the left tackles available. And you're available, which is why you're going to get a lot of money. And if you want to leave Kansas City and you want to go make a little bit more money, Someone's probably going to give it to you, but it's going to be on our terms. Because this, here's the thing. Orlando Brown still doesn't get a say in any of this, Nick. The only the only say he gets is the team who trades for him again, if the Chiefs are to franchise tag and then trade him, will pay him a mountain of money. But it's he's still going to have to negotiate with them. He's still going to have to hope the city he likes going there, right? The Chiefs control his rights. They can franchise tag him again, and he can either play under it or they could trade him. They still control Orlando Brown Jr.'s fate. They have been thinking about this all season long. And I think that even when he plays poorly, whereas fans get their minds made up really quickly, like there's no way I ever want to pay this guy. I don't think Andy and, and Veach are that quick to come to conclusions. I yeah. think like then I'm on both ends of the spectrum, whether it's give this like with same thing with Chris Jones, whereas fans are like, give him whatever he wants, give him another contract extension, pay him $30 million a year. If that's what he wants. The Chiefs are always going to exist more in the middle where we all exist on the extremes. And I'm sure this is really nice that he's played well as of late. They're not going to let any one little thing make or break their decision. Nick, I know before you earlier, you mentioned uh, Laramie Tunsil's name. Do we think his contract demands are going to affect Orlando Brown Jr. in any way? Have any impact? Well, um, if Tunsil gets signed first, Nick, right? I mean, the simple math is that minus some. Like, whatever Tunsil makes, we're not paying you that, right? That's at least the baseline. Don't we know that? Well, yeah. I mean, from the Chiefs' perspective, sure. But that's not... We know how negotiations work. Like, Laramie Tunsil is already a top three paid left tackle in the NFL. The difference between he and Orlando Brown Jr. is that he actually is a top three left tackle yeah. in the NFL. He is going to make what he's worth. 
Therefore, there is some value in paying a guy that much money. There would be no value in paying Orlando Brown Jr. that money. But we know what the agents will say, right? The agents will say, well, Larry Tunsil's 28. Orlando Brown Jr.'s 26. Get two extra years of, of him not even being in his prime. When, by the time Orlando Brown Jr. is 26, this deal is going to be a steal. He'll be making the same amount as this guy and be two years. That's how they'll try to negotiate. I don't think the Chiefs will fall for it because going back to what we just talked about, what the Chiefs really have to answer, it's not as much about like, what do we want to factor into this decision? It's what are we going to get from him over the next four years? If we pay you $24 million annually, if we give you $60 million guaranteed, $50 million guaranteed, like what's our return on investment going to be? Are we ever going to get a top five left tackle in football? Because up until this point, you have not, you, you have not seen a guy who's, who looks like he can be a top five left tackle. All right. We are now going to pivot to another team. Uh, this is crazy news. We found out this week, Derek Carr is being benched in Vegas, likely bringing his time with the Raiders to an end. How do we feel about this as Chiefs fans? Um, The Raiders are going to be going with Jared Stidham at quarterback for the last two weeks of the season, which, yes, will include a game against the Chiefs in week 18. This is crazy to me. This is fantastic news. (laughs) Fantastic news. Not that Derek Carr was some, like, looming threat for the division who was going to come get him. But he's good enough to be competitive. And with a really smart head coach, it would have been an even bigger problem. But instead, they've allowed Josh McDaniels to do the exact same thing he did in Denver, which is, that's not my guy. Get his ass out. I'll make anyone good. And I can promise you right now that if any NFL team, doesn't matter, Chiefs through Derek Carr level, if you have one of the top 13 quarterbacks in the NFL and you are then forced to find a free agent quarterback, trade for a quarterback, or draft for a quarterback, there is an 85% chance you are getting worse at quarterback. That The, that, the numbers would bear that out, right? What are the odds? You're going to get a top 12 quarterback. No, if you trade for one or sign one, you're going to get Jimmy G, or you're going to get Geno Smith. If you draft a quarterback, what are the odds that guy's going to turn into a top 12 guy in the short term? There's a pretty good chance the Raiders are getting worse at quarterback. Well, the last report on Josh McDaniels is, They would never cut him because they can't afford to get rid of him. And he stinks. This means now there's two laughingstock teams in the division. Great news. It's just the Chiefs and the Chargers now. Okay, so you're right that Derek Carr's kind of is who he is. We know who he is, right? He's a borderline top 12 to 15 quarterback in the NFL. But against Kansas City, he's like a bottom five quarterback. (laughs) Yeah. Here's the only stat you need to know. Three and 14. That is Derek Carr's record against the Chiefs. So you're right, Cody. It can always get worse. Every coach convinces themselves that they're the smartest person in the room. And Josh McDaniels is certainly in that group of coaches. And they'll say, no, we can do better. Yeah, you could. Theoretically, you could get Tom Brady. Maybe you could get Jimmy Garoppolo. And maybe that would be a minor improvement. Maybe. I know know where you fall in that conversation, Cody. But three and 14. That's pretty good. I think I'll take that. If I'm the Chiefs, I think I know what we're getting with Derek Carr, and it's been a pretty fruitful operation here over the last decade. So I'm actually, I'm sad. I'm not only sad that 
that this era of having this sort of punching bag, this guy that we constantly make fun of and always they get themselves up for these games and yet they have so rarely come away with victories. I'm sad that this era of this rivalry is coming to an end. So I will cry a solemn silver and black tear tonight for Derek. Carr. <laughs> the way he always looks after being hit by the, you know, any defensive oh, lineman. I'll ever. put some mascara in too. And I'll let that <laughs> run down my cheek. You got to wear that. You got to wear that Canadian tuxedo. Cause that photo shoot still, man, when he's wearing that, like all denim suit, yeah. he did bring a lot of content. I'll say from the radio perspective, this is kind of a bummer. Derek Carr was very good for content. It's the same reason as like, oh, Hackett's leaving. God, he gave us so much to talk about for the last six months. Now I'm so disappointed that the next guy might be smarter than him. That's one of those you think you can do worse. You absolutely cannot do worse than hiring Nathaniel Hackett. You absolutely have to do, but you can't do worse. You're stuck with it. And also the last two games for the Chiefs, despite the fact they are divisional games, have weird energy now. It's the interim head coach after the guy got fired. And, you know, like, and Russell Wilson is still terrible. And now we're going to get Jared Stidham for the final game of the regular season against the Chiefs. So, I mean, at least the pressure is not on them to try to win the one seed. They're going to and oh. So now you're just hoping Cincinnati can beat Buffalo this week. Please happen. I think this is going to have a trickle down effect because Devontae Adams was not happy about it. He like seemingly wants out after this. Do you, I mean, look, he made the, this is his own. This is like you made the, you're laying in the bed you made, right? There's, sorry, man. You left one of the historically great quarterbacks of all time to go play with your college boy. And that, in a division that you were the third, that your quarterback was the third or fourth best option. At the time, people would have thought fourth. Now we know that he's third because Russell Wilson's so bad, but I don't feel bad I, for Devontae Adams. Yeah. I can't believe you gave, you had the audacity to give me $130 million and hire my best friend in the next year. How dare you? By the way, is he, he would still have a trade market, right? Even at that price tag? Hell yes, dude. People trade for Devontae Adams. The impact that having an elite receiver has. Can he come to the Chiefs? Oh my God. I don't, you know, I don't know. know You want me to get over losing Juju in the off season? I've got, (laughs) I've got a way for you. Just trade for Devontae. Devontae Adams. Yeah, man. I've never seen that type of wide receiver in an Andy Reid offense. I don't know if he just doesn't like that kind or not. I'm oh wait, I have once. It was T.O. That was like big body, you know, go, you know, like Tyreek's hey, a different kind of receiver than Devontae Adams. I think that, that that went pretty well, at least uh that one year in Philadelphia. Well, yeah, they went to the Super Bowl. Imagine if you could get uh, T.O. without the T.O. personality. Ooh. Yeah. That's Devontae Adams. That sounds nice. And like three <laughs> inches taller or something. Isn't Adam's taller than T.O. was? I don't remember now. Maybe they're better. It doesn't really matter. Right? You know, point, point stands. Yeah, it's, it, it, honestly, it doesn't matter. Big bodied, tall, wide receiver who can do everything. That's Devontae Adams. Well, shall be interesting to see what happens in this week 18 game with the Raiders for sure. All right, guys, could this be the year Eric Bieniemy finally gets his shot as a head coach? Um, Dan Grazino from ESPN wrote about it earlier this week. Um, Part of it, he said, I'd be very surprised if he didn't get at least an interview in Denver. And there are a lot of people I talked to about the coaching carousel who believe this could finally be the year the enemy gets his shot. Do we think it happens? So uh, first, before we address that, uh, T.O. is actually two inches taller than Devontae Adams, so I'm an idiot, but not important. Um, (laughs) I, you know... I don't know why I'm talking myself into the fact that Eric Bienemy is going to have a shot at a job because I'd kind of written it off 
because the NFL is pretty clear on these rules that if you go through two coaching cycles, or in his case, three, and nobody hires you, that's it. That's it. You want to be a head coach? Well, then go to college and then hope to make your way back up to the pros. But I think the reason why I'm buying into it, or I think there's a chance is all the, the Sean McVay guys were the hot ticket item because it was working, right? Over and over and over again, it was working, 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 working. And for finally this year, anybody who was coming off of that version of the tree, right, isn't. Hackett's a bust and a few others aren't going to plan where they had signed up to be. And instead, it is the Brian Dable, uh, Dan Campbell, rah, rah, I'll lead. I'm a leader of men type guys who are having the better seasons. And because of that, I kind of think the enemy could get back in the mix. It's not that none of the statisticians, because obviously Mike McDaniels had some success in Miami, but I, I kind of feel like there might be a, you know what? Let's let this guy just be the leader and he'll figure out the rest of the way Kafka runs it for Dable. So I, I guess I don't think that there's a 0% chance Eric B gets a job. I still don't think I'd put it above 70% or anything, but I actually think some teams will take a real good look at him. I'm just puzzled as to what has changed this year. Mm-hmm. So he wasn't being tossed around the circles last year, but now he is. Is it simply the removal? I mean, Graziano hinted at this in his report that like the idea that the removal of Tyreek Hill and the Chiefs maintaining their status as a top offense maybe is having like causing teams to take a second look like that's what it took. That's what it took. And, like I always thought it was the fact that he was coaching under Andy Reid and you yeah. saw Peterson go to Philly and have success early and then kind of Peter out. Same thing with Matt Nagy in Chicago. And they kind of said, maybe we should back off of hiring chiefs offensive coordinators for a while, but you still felt like he would break through somewhere, right? There's always a team who would be willing to pluck from that tree. I mean, the, the saints hired Dennis Allen to be their coach. You're like, we you can't get a job. <laughs> like retread like Dennis Allen. We, we've seen Dennis Allen as a head coach. We saw Dennis had a two thirty winning percentage as a head coach. Look at Josh McDaniels. Like we've yeah. seen him as a head coach. Didn't work. Teams are willing to go for retreads rather than pluck. Uh, Eric B away from Kansas city. So it just doesn't make sense to me that now all of a sudden teams are interested in him. I don't know if this is specific to Denver. Like, will there be other, will Carolina be interested in him? Will Indianapolis or, you know, other vacancies like Houston, will they come calling or is this just specific to Denver? I'm very confused as to why is, this is happening now. Is, is B still in the spot where we just tell him, Hey man, sorry. Um, as hard as this has been for you, Anybody who offered the job, you got to take it because the Denver job objectively sucks ass. No, yeah, you have a terrible job. You have to, you have to take an agent. You can't, you can't, you can't like vocalize the fact that you want to be an NFL head coach for five years. And then if you get offered, say no, can't do it. It sucks because I think for a while there in the early going, when his name started to get hot, I kind of thought that maybe he could choose a little bit. Be careful, be smart. Look, you weren't McDaniel. You couldn't like handpick your spot, but you know, you could be careful. Don't fall into the trap because whoever the next ho- head coach of the Denver Broncos is doesn't feel like he's going to be the head coach of the Denver Broncos very long. Now, if you make Russell Wilson an even passively good at this point, you can make Russell Wilson a top 15 or 20 quarterback. You might keep that job forever because then at least it's not complete sunk cost. And you can try to put something around Russell Wilson and try to stumble into one of those years where you make the playoffs and win a game. But it does suck for the enemy. It does feel like he has to take any job, but 
here's the thing. I mean, some of the other teams that I feel like should be making changes, some of the ports are they might just stay the course. Like the Saints might stick with Dennis Allen, even though they're six and nine. The Texans might stick with Lovey Smith, even though he was set up to fail there. It's the the Colts job is maybe the most intriguing to me because if I were them, I still don't have a quarterback, but at least I can have the guy to go with it. And if I'm finally going to step up and draft one, at least I can have a coach that I feel I can handle a young quarterback again. And that's what you'd have in the enemy. I really don't like the idea of him going to Denver. I feel like there should be a rule against a coach not going to a division rival. Well, Feels Andy, wrong. Andy was asked about it on Wednesday and he said, yeah. you know, I wanted to be a head coach, but uh, not in Denver. <laughs> like, <he kind> of <laughs> giggled, Which is like, I, I'm just kidding, but not really. That was the equivalent of what Andy was saying. Like he would let him go, but he really doesn't want a guy who's been under his wing yeah. for the last five years to right. be in the same division as him. Go anywhere, just not Denver. Yeah, I know, but BNME has to take the like. If Denver's like, "Hey, we'll make you our head coach tomorrow," you're like, "Okay, I'll take the job." I mean, you don't. If you're BNME at this point, you really want to be a head coach. Nick's right; you have to take it. We shall see what happens. Speaking of what's going on, guys, what is going on with McCole Hardman? Um, Andy said Wednesday that he was set to return, barring barring any setbacks. Barring, barring, barring. You got it. Barring, barring yeah, both, but barring is I, the correct one. Thank you. Uh, I know English words. Then he didn't practice on Thursday. Uh, as we know, he's been out since week nine with an abdominal injury. No one's really said what it is. We had our suspicions. What is happening here? I mean, so he wasn't like, this is the thing I hate about NFL teams. It's not that we know whether he's practiced or not. And guess what? When they put out the injury report, we still won't know. Because when you're on the injured reserve, they don't have to say shit about you. They don't have to say what you're doing, what you're up to, what you're nothing. They don't have to say anything about your job. Just that you exist as not even that you exist. You don't even show up on an injury report. And he wasn't seen during the media portion of today's practice. But the other part of that is why would they be hiding McCall? Everyone saw him out there yesterday, already did, which to me means he didn't practice. I think we'll find that out probably on Friday. That McCole wasn't a participant, which to me only leads to guessing that it was a setback, which would be bad because as much as these next two games don't matter, it took him better than a month to get back onto a football field. And we are two weeks before the playoffs, or at least when the Chiefs are scheduled to play in the playoffs, right? Two regular season weeks and then one more. It means if he had a setback, how many more weeks till he plays? And then he gets what? No lead up to get used to NFL speed again, used to the offense again. Fitting the way it all fits. I don't I don't love that because then at that point, we'd be going into the postseason having never put all of the offensive skill position players on the field at the same time. Ooh. Yeah, like we, th- th- it's so hard to answer this question without knowing what the actual injury was. He has not played yeah. since week nine. Like uh, you, you said it, Kayla, it's an abdomen issue. So like they will, they're so vague in like how they describe these things. Is it an oblique strain? Is it some sort of weird injury that I've never even heard of? And I'm also, still going with appendicitis. Appendicitis. It might be, but like, how do you have a setback? Like, I maybe I'm naive and I don't know enough about injuries here, but that's what's so confusing is you don't associate abdomen injuries with the types that have setbacks in practice. Yeah. You know? So I don't. Like, I, I have no idea. It's I don't know. Like, 
And then they made such a big deal about the weight thing. Like why, you know what it is, is I don't know why for a team that doesn't win drama, right? That's let's all agree that that's pretty much Andy's general feeling, right? To create zero drama. Like when he sees Travis Kelsey go on his podcast and essentially be like, yeah, Andy calls the plays, which is something we all knew. By the way, you were blind. If you were choosing to believe Andy Reid all these years when he would say things at the press conference like, ah, Doug called all the good ones, I called all the bad ones. Okay, well, that's a lie. And we know that that's how lies work. So like, it's for, for somebody who wants to be free of that, why be so weirdly vague? You know what it is? About I mean, McCole Hardman's injury. I have an answer. You, you guys watch The Office, right? So, uh, yes. Yeah. So it's when... Uh, Andy and Aaron start dating and they go to the company party and Andy just <laughs> saying, I don't want drama. I don't want drama. <laughs> that's who Andy Reid is. Maybe that's it, Cody. That's a great conspiracy theory. The actual- did, did McCole get hurt in a dirt bike accident and he didn't yeah. want it to be distracted from the team? What the hell? It doesn't make sense. Andy Reid loves drama. That's just it. He loves, <laughs> he has a, he has a, um, a taste for the flair. He likes yeah. to get attention and there's just not enough drama around this team right now. Like a little too stale. Gotta keep a mysterious injury. He's like the wizard of Oz right now, man. He's the man behind the curtain. I'll be honest He's with like, you. Though. Like I know that McColl is not one, two, three, four, like in terms of importance in this offense, but there is a part of me that says you need him. You need him to be healthy. If you want to win a Super Bowl. you don't need it to win four games, but you're going to need him for a game or two just because of what guys like he and Kadarius and Jarek do stretching the field horizontally. You know who your deep threats are. You know who the over the middle guys are, but this offense is predicated on a lot of stuff at the line of scrimmage and getting speed out to the edge, stretching defenses that way without McColl and Kadarius. Cause I think you need them both. Neither one of them are Tyreek. They can't do it all by themselves, but having multiple guys out there makes you so yeah. hard to defend. That's why part of me is kind of keeping a watchful eye on this because I don't think it's a nothing. It's really easy to say, oh, they got plenty of guys. They'll be fine without them. But I don't think that's the situation. All right, guys, does Mahomes need to do anything the rest of the season or is the MVP race already wrapped? I think you it's know, a wrap. You think it's done? Yep. I mean, the odds would tell you it's done. Um, but I, I think he's got to do one more thing. I think he's got to like show out one more time because I don't, I, I still sense a little bit of hesitation, a little bit of hesitation from the kind of people who influence these things or make these decisions where it's like, you know, I don't know that Hurst being out one game should really keep him from winning the MVP because it's not hard to backtrack that the Vegas odds would have told you Jalen Hurts was going to win it, not by a big margin, but he was the favorite to win it right before he missed a single game. And I think that that hang up of let's not let a single game dictate the MVP should do that. But I mean, the numbers are still all his. He's going to lead in every category, all of the, even the advanced analytic metrics, right? But he's still going to lead in like passing touchdowns and passing yards and total yards out of the quarterback position. He's going to finish with, I think, likely the second best record in the NFL, second to only Philadelphia, a team that has the most talent maybe in the NFL. So I think he's got to have one more show out moment. I don't think he's got to go out and put 300 yards and three touchdowns with no picks on the board against Denver here, but just that don't get, you know, don't get, uh, don't lose to Denver. Don't screw up anything major. And I think you'd be fine. Yeah, that's it. Just don't, you can't have a stinker of a game. You can't have a game where you lose mm-hmm. zero touchdowns, two interceptions, because you know, Monday night football is going to happen. And we know how this goes. 
Monday Night Football, premier game, prime time, two contenders, and the two guys right behind Mahomes in MVP odds. Burrow and Allen. One of those guys goes off in like a dominating performance. They're going to get closer no matter what, almost. They should cancel each other out in that game, though, I think. I would hope. But if they go toe-to-toe, like, it's really that, Nick. It's got to be that game. Burrow and Herbert, and they go toe-to-toe, toe-to-toe, and then one guy comes out on top. Then what? We'll see the we'll see the odd shrink, right? Like if Mahomes is minus five hundred, he'll be minus three hundred, and the other guy will get closer. But even in that scenario, if Mahomes just has a run of the mill game against Denver in which they win, he'll still be the Vegas odds favorite, won't he? Okay, what if Mahomes zero touchdowns, three interceptions? Then he can lose. He but loses to the Broncos, and then Joe Burrow goes to Buffalo, five touchdowns, no interceptions, and the- yes. And then Burrow will be the favorite. The odds will win that 35 thing. to nothing. But I think it, I actually think it requires him to lose one of these two football games. Yeah. Like, I think he'd have to lose to Denver or lose to Jared Stidham. Like, I, I don't know, man. I have a hard time imagining Andy Reid would lose to Jared Stidham in week 18 with the number one seed on the line. Yeah, I think it's over. I think it's over. Um, like, the narrative game will... That will go to the bitter end. It really will. They will play this game out. And Tuesday morning, you better believe, like the debate shows will be saying, insert name, should he be the MVP favorite after last night's performance? Because one of those guys is going to have a big game and make some big throws and end up winning the game. And it's going to feel like this huge moment because either the Bills will have clinched the one seed for all intents and purposes, or the Bengals will have not just beating the Bills, but then we're going to be talking about the Bengals as the best team in football because they haven't lost since week nine. We know how these narratives play out and they're going to happen on Tuesday morning. You know, what's funny is like the the fascinating part to me is who do you think can get closer by winning it, Nick? Because I think it might be Burrow. Burrow. Oh, because it in a weird way, because one of the things that people try to argue for Josh Allen for MVP now is, well, he's the number one seed and he beat the Chiefs. Well, Burrow won't have the one seed. He'll just have the I beat the Chiefs part of that equation, but he'll have the I beat Mahomes, and I beat Allen, and we won our division, and he's got plenty of good statistics on his side too. I just think that they still, I still think his narrative, right, the narrative award that we talk about, like Mahomes is the season without Tyreek. Joe's Burrow, Joe Burrow's narrative is people still going into the season didn't take him as serious as Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes when they were ranking them or tearing them or whatever. and if. Burrow won the MVP, then what argument are we having anymore? He belongs in the tier. I can't believe what's wild about that game on Monday and then Patrick Mahomes and all this stuff in the AFC is the three best quarterbacks in the entire NFL are all in the same conference. That seems kind of disproportionate, (laughs) like in a wild way. The three best quarterbacks in the NFL right now, I think, are Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, and Joe Burrow. They all reside in the same conference. Going to make the postseason every year bonkers. Joe's okay. Burrow should be a bar, by the way. Yeah, I was Joe about Bur- to that. Say. Joe Burrow opens in his hometown. I didn't want to let that slide because Joe <laughs> Burrow was funny. Um, it was about <laughs> a month ago when the Chiefs played the Bengals. I'm curious. I asked afterwards if you guys thought Burrow deserved to be in the the conversation with Mahomes and Allen. Yeah. And I think we were all kind of in agreement that, like, if he does, there's still like a bit of a gap between those two and him. Are you guys softening your stance at all? Are you guys willing to say he is firmly in the conversation with, with Allen and Mahomes? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I don't know. He's been to a Super Bowl. Allen hasn't even done that. Allen's never won an MVP. So he, like just I can't, he just keeps he just wins. 
freaking and and I think like with like we you usually say that about a guy like that's that usually happens with like the Jimmy G right like look at his winning percentage he just wins 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 and you're like then I have to consider him a really yeah. good quarterback that's dismissing the fact that Joe Burrow this season is completing seventy percent of his passes for forty three hundred yards and has thirty four passing touchdowns. He's having his best statistical season or close to the same he had last year. If every single year he's going to have 4,500 passing yards, 35 to 38 passing touchdowns, and around 12 picks, that's what he's done for back-to-back seasons. I mean, the consistency is part of what we talk about with elite quarterbacks. He's put up nearly identical great seasons in addition to winning. So, yeah, look, I think what it is for me now is it's Mahomes all by himself and then the gap, and there's Allen and Burrow. Like, I think that they are more in the same tier, and Mahomes still deserves that, like, half tick up. I agree. He's in a league of his own. I haven't looked at the updated odds recently. It Does it go Mahomes, Hurts, Burrow, Allen? Uh, Burrow. Burrow's second now. Yeah. Burrow's second. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hurts yeah. really fell down. He, he was essentially, like, co-tied with uh burrow and allen right after the injury occurred and then obviously those two guys played and played well so (laughs) you know you get bumped down and then justin jefferson's fifth right nick yeah i think it's like 151 or something ridiculous so you still get a little taste you feel like jefferson my my justin jefferson offensive player of the year ticket will be cashing but i don't (laughs) think if you've got an mvp one that one's gonna win congratulations Yay! Well, I had Tyreek Hill too, so I'll win a little less money because I I bet on both. It is just interesting though that he's at the top, but has lost to both of the players right below him. Yeah, it's it's weird, but it's regular season. One guy still has significantly more playoff accomplishments than the other, and that's what we always talk about. Like whenever we're saying like you don't deserve to be in the same conversation, we're like, well, you haven't done it in the postseason. Burrow has, so like, I don't know what. Yeah. The- Against him is at this point. <laughs> All right, guys. Are we ready for our game predictions? I think so. Let's go. Who's first? Uh, Chiefs 50, Broncos 0. <laughs> no, I, <laughs> look, I don't Cody, we told I, you not to do that. This week. I know, I know. All right. So I don't think I'm going to go that far. Um, they're the better team. When I said it was going to be a joke the last time, I was pretty close there for a while. And then it wasn't. <laughs> I'm still mad about how that game got close. I think they are two touchdowns better than Denver. I think Denver, because they got that taste of we can compete with this team. And we all know it is almost fact at this point that the first game with an interim coach, you get a little bump. Mm-hmm. You get the little you get the little interim little coach boost. bump. I still think that they're better than this team. I'll give them the interim coach bump. I'll give them the we're confident because we almost beat this team the last time. Bump, but they're still not a good football team. And that's the thing that'll hold me up. Chiefs 34, Broncos 24. So I'll keep it within 10. I didn't say it's unreasonable to never be close. I'm still giving the Broncos way more points than they normally score, but I still think the Chiefs are victorious. As far as what happens in the game is, I think the good news is, is that I think uh, my, to go with my prediction is the other part is my brother will be sad. My brother grew up a Broncos fan his whole life. My dad was a Broncos fan. He was the only kid who adopted the oh Broncos my gosh. as a part of my dad grew up a Broncos fan his whole life. My brother's the only one who adopted it amongst the kids. And he's taking his son to his very first NFL football game. But guess what? His kid is six, which means his kid grew up in the era of Patrick Mahomes, which means when he was given a choice between, am I going to be a Broncos fan, despite many photos of him in a Broncos onesie when he's a kid, 
where I'm going to be a Chiefs fan is he saw Patrick Mahomes play and he's like, I'm out. Fuck them. <laughs> I can't cheer for this team. Patrick Him and Mahomes a lot of other kids. So he's going to take his kid to the game as a Broncos fan for his very first game. And his Chiefs going to be donning a Patrick Mahomes jersey, even though his dad's a huge Broncos fan. So I feel like my brother's going to be sad. And my nephew's going to be happy. Love that. Love that for your nephew. <laughs> uh, I, it's tough to really argue with any of that. The Chiefs are so much better, like just <laughs> so much better than the Broncos, who are now going to be led by Jerry Rossberg guy who was brought in in September of this year because Nathaniel Hackett couldn't figure out how the hell to run a game. Like, couldn't. what do I do with timeouts? What do I do in fourth down situations? So they brought in this dude, 67 years old, spent 30 years as like a special teams coach and assistant. This is your king. This is the man <laughs> who's going to salvage what's left of the Broncos season. Andy Reid said to expect anything. I'm only expecting one thing which is a domination by the Chiefs. So I will say Chiefs 34, Broncos 17. So 17-point win. That's a cover. And I think uh, I'm going to go Isaiah Pacheco, player of the game. Have a quiet game last time out. Didn't really need him. And Jerick McKinnon's been kind of stealing the spotlight lately. You know, the Broncos still do have really good corners and a really good pass defense. So maybe this is an opportunity for uh, the run game for Kansas City to have a nice little shine here before the end of the regular season. Love that. Um, I am also overly confident in this game. I like that. It's this one's at arrowhead. I think that's going to add an extra layer. So I'm kind of close to Nick. I've got chiefs 31 Broncos 17. As we know, Ross had his best game against the chiefs, but then his worst game against the Rams two weeks later. So on the road, I just think we need to stomp them. Just let's just, you know, put an end to this season for Denver. I know that they'll have an, another week left. I don't know. They're not, they're not playing for anything. There's, there's nothing to salvage. Like e- even if you beat the chiefs to end this season, like heads will roll. Fans are disappointed. Players will be leaving. Coaches will be getting fired. This changes nothing. This is not going to be like a, Oh, Jerry Rossberg beat the chiefs. Like, Bring him back for next year? No, like just get to the. <laughs> so let's uh, let's put this team out of their misery. I like that only one teammate was willing to stand up. Jerry Judy took to Twitter and he's like, "You know what? That's my guy. He has an <laughs> office because he cares." I'm like, okay, man, we no one cares. <laughs> or just request a trade out. We'd actually respect it more. Fine, <laughs> everyone would get it. Get the hell out of town, man! Don't say enough for Russ. He'd made his own bed. Although he did finally pass the bathrooms to touchdown ratio, so kudos. I saw that. Big achievement. It's a big week for him. Big week for uh, him. <laughs> Cody, who's your MVP? For the game? Or your I player mean, of the game? Mahomes. My nephew's going to be in the Mahomes jersey. Okay. It's going to be, he's going to get to witness. Kind of a layup, what, but all right. No, but it's, it's real life Mahomes. He gets to see some of the spectacular stuff. He's never got to see it in person. This is his first chance to see it. Mahomes going to put on a show. That's fair. I want that for him and all of us. Um, I don't know who I'm going with. Do I say Kelsey? I mean, that's an obvious Tony, answer. Tony, Juju, that. someone on offense. We don't really um, get offensive. You don't really get extra points for picking a you know a long shot. So you might as well just, just all of them. <laughs> um, Higby had nine receptions for 94 yards and two touchdowns against Denver. So I think let's let's yeah. have Kelsey have a day. Okay. Travis Kelsey. We got Kelsey, 
Mahomes, and of course, Isaiah Pacheco. Beautiful. All layups. <laughs> <laughs> That's really what this week dug is. deep there. Really the Denver dug game deep. against a laughable Broncos team. We're allowed to choose the easy ones this time. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us here on this Red Friday. That is Cody Tapp. He is Nick Schwartz. I am Kayla Canaram. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcast. This is It's Always Game Day in Kansas City, and I hope you all have a happy new year. We'll talk to you on Monday.